You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Crump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan, hailing all the way from the Mediterranean. Hello, Mr. Grump. I would like to everybody to think that I'm eating my third bowl of pasta today and some vista overlooking Rome, but we actually recorded this before I left for Rome. So womp, womp. As, you're, as you're listening to this, just remember I am 4,000 miles away. Having the time of my life, I never thought I'd felt this way before. So, <laughs> Oh, man. So we are in the thick of summer. The longest day has already passed, and it is getting hot out. So we don't have much to talk about, so we're just going to continue our season preview into the last three weeks of the season. Um, I hope you're all ready. Please be sure to download and subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. That's right, and follow me on Twitter at the Cranky Fan, and follow Mr. Grump at football underscore Grump. That's where you find me. Uh, just a quick recap, you know, going into week fifteen, both the Cranky Fan and I have the Giants at eight and five with our way too early predictions. Just another disclaimer these are all being predicted in a vacuum way in advance it's not very likely or very scientific to do it this way this is just sort of a fun look ahead you know be prepared kind of thing and we are grading all these games in a vacuum uh in order from loss in pen loss in pencil win in pencil win in pen yeah and if we if we both believe we're going to be 8 and 5 and we actually are anywhere near 8 and 5 we are ecstatic super excited because having meaningless football for the final seven eight weeks of last year was it was it was torturous and it really sucked so the fact that eight and five means we are at least sniffing a wild card spot and maybe more you know who knows how the rest of the league is going to shake out and you know injuries you know attrition who knows hell yeah So so we'll sign up for this right now yeah, and so we, we sort of ended the last episode discussing where that lands us in the division at 8-5. and five. So that puts us probably in second place behind Philly, who's either in control in the driver's seat there at number one, or very neck and neck with us. Could be. Could be very, very possibly. And, you know, we both, I believe, had a win and a loss uh, splitting the season series with Philly, so, you know. Yeah. That could we're, be, we're pretty confident that the, about that, that. That could be the swing right there and whether we legitimately have a shot to catch them for the division or you know, we're going to scoreboard watch for wild cards. So. Yeah, so as we get into this, this last, uh, you know, I guess, what is this, a quarter of the season, fifth? I don't know, whatever. The last three games, there's only <laughs> one division game and no conference games. So, I mean, aside from the one division game. So, you know, as we look back at our division games, from my perspective, I have... Two wins against Washington, a win against Dallas, and a win and a loss against Philadelphia. That's an outstanding division record. You have the same thing except you have a loss against Washington and a win against Washington. So you have two division losses. That's still a very good – it's better than we've seen. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, we – 
We haven't been factoring things like momentum going into each week or, you know, injuries or any of that stuff. But if we're going to make any noise to try to make a wild card run or even try to win a division, you have to be successful within the division first. And um, the way we're playing this out right now, you know, we're cautiously optimistic. That's the way it's going to go. Yeah. And so we can we can roll right into this. Uh, so week. I'm sorry. What are we at? Week 14, week 15. Week 15. Week 15. Um, the the Giants are playing host to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I can't remember the last time the Tennessee Titans came to Meadowlands. I don't even think the new stadium was built yet. Maybe it was. Um, Oof. I can't remember either. It, yeah. might, it might have been... Uh, yeah. Dan Pastorini was the quarterback of the Houston Oilers. I don't know. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's it's been quite a while. Um, this is an interesting team, Tennessee. You know, they've sort of... They've had success in the last couple of years, I, in my opinion, partly due to a very weak division that just doesn't seem to get better. Um, I mean, we've seen this division dominated by Indianapolis all throughout the years of Peyton Manning. And after the first, what, maybe two years with Andrew Luck and then the injuries really started to settle. Right up until he got hurt. That yeah. was the changing of the guard from Indianapolis to insert your team. Yeah, and then they sort of rose as the cream of the crop until Jacksonville just exploded last year. Um, right. Nevertheless, I, it's hard to look at this team as a talented team. Uh, I mean, it, I don't even really know what the verdict is on Marcus Mariota. I, I mean, I know that it was neck and neck between him and Jameis Winston coming out in the draft that year, but to me, Mariota never really seemed like an NFL quarterback, and I know I think, we're going to get a rant from Mike about a Pac-12 Pac quarterback, right? No, no, no. I mean, I was only going to say right now, I think both from where they were both drafted, I would say have both kind of underachieved. Yeah. I mean, when you're drafting one, two, you're expecting franchise quarterbacks who are going to take you into the next decade. Um, you know, one of the reasons why the Giants did not draft a quarterback at two was they did not feel that anybody on the board was that quarterback to take them into the next decade. And they figured they would roll the dice with an Eli Manning and Davis Webb already on their roster. But, you know, the Jameis versus Marcus was a, a, a thing for months leading up to the draft. I mean, oh, months, yeah. Of course. And... I got to be very honest right now. I'm going to put this on my orange and blue glasses, but the only reason right now that Marcus Mariota is someone I'd want on my team other than Jameis Winston is that I don't, he's not a risk to be arrested at any moment. Like Jameis Winston is Jameis Winston is right now. Everybody thinks he's going to have a three day, three game suspension. Would it shock anybody if he never played another down for the Tampa Bay bucks? Would it shock anybody if he never played another down in the NFL again? Well, don't I mean, that's the thing too. He's sort of underachieved. At, I don't want to get too far off the track, but he's sort of underachieved at Tampa Bay. Let's just they say both. he misses the first three. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has this weird ability to stay around the NFL by being just average and just being so consistently average that well, you know what to expect. <laughs> this is exactly what Ryan Fitzpatrick is made for, and there's yeah. always a guy like this every decade. I need somebody for three games. Get me through. I know this quarterback's going to be out you know, two to four weeks with X injury. Get me through those four games. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has done it 
time and time again. But he's won starting jobs from this. Well, that's what I'm saying. He gets the starting jobs because of that good two to four week performance blows as a starting quarterback. Yeah. I mean, nobody would want him as a starting quarterback, but you know, he's kind of like, um, he's kind of like the North Turner of quarterbacks where he's great as an offensive coordinator becomes a head coach. He's terrible, but he goes back to being an offensive coordinator. He's great. You know, that's exactly what guys like him are. And there's a quarterback I said every decade who's like that, who just does a great job of being, you know, your bullpen guy. Now, what happens if uh, Fitzpatrick is 3-0 and coming out of the gate? Is it a guarantee that Jameis gets his job back right away? I, yeah, I don't that's, that's kind of where I was heading with that. It's, yeah, especially I mean, it's going to depend on how well they win. I mean, if they really blow him away in the first three weeks, yeah, how are you going to take that away? It's It's hard. Hard to yeah. really, and you know, in spite of the people who outside the state of Florida think, you know, it's not because well he's a local kid from a local school and everybody loves him. No, this is a it was a very polarizing pick where half the fan base hated his guts, you know, the other half is a, an apologist for him. But he has another, and it's not like he stole gum from the bodega. He is con- being accused of a, you know. Sexual harassment, sexual misconduct thing. It's these following are following another sexual misconduct thing. It, I mean, it's it's following a rape allegation. Yeah, you know. So these are you know in in this day and age more than ever, that shit that's not taken lightly. So no. what does this all mean? Bringing this back to front is that neither of these guys, him and Mariota or him, have lived up to their billing as franchise saviors. Yeah. And, and in the case of Marcus Mariota, you know, I'm not sure that Tennessee's done a great job of getting him some some quality talent around him, but what they have tried to do is the opposite of what Indianapolis did, and that's put some guys in front of him to keep him upright. I mean, I think his first season he got injured, right? And I think ever since then they've really, really I mean, they drafted Taylor Luan or I don't know if they drafted they obtained Taylor Luan, they drafted Jack Conklin. You know, they're really, really, really putting emphasis on keeping him upright. And I think that's the one thing they've done right. And, you know, Derrick Henry is a real nice running back to run between the tackles. They've obtained Deion Lewis as well. But I, I, I don't know. It's just real tough for me to, to to see the matchup problems in this game. And when I look at this, it, I don't know. I, I have this one as a win in pencil. I feel a little bit weird about it just because I'm not used to seeing this matchup. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to see this as a loss. Yeah, I think, um, now I was trying to, again, view these games independently of each other and a vacuum each other. But if we think, you know, the giants are, you know, eight and five, we said at this point, Yeah. you know, that's a game that they should win all of a sudden. Like we think they're a better team than, and I think they had that, oh shit loss already that it's happened. Um, I think they take care of business in this one. I'll, I'll put this down as a win in pencil as well. Um, the weather will be crappy. It'll be, you know, late um, mid, mid-December, mid 1 o'clock game as of now. I don't see this one going to be flexed into a nighttime spot. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put this one as a win in pencil as well. Yeah, and then that brings us to an interesting one. Um, the Giants play the Colts. In Indianapolis, uh, but there is no date or time. 
So if, if it's a Wednesday afternoon at three, that'd yeah. be interesting. But it's currently listed as a Sunday game. But you know, as you said, we we've seen this flex to Saturday night games around this week. Mm-hmm. So it very well maybe that that's the case. No, I I don't think they flex to a different day. I think they just flex between one o'clock and eight o'clock on Sunday. Well, not flex, but I mean it's currently not scheduled. So yeah, okay. I mean, regardless. Um, so the Giants are playing at Indianapolis. So this is a much more interesting one for me to look at. Um, and I'm going to put this one as a loss in pencil, and I think it's going to be a close game. Um, Indianapolis has seemingly finally figured out that protecting Andrew Luck should be priority number one. And they've... They've really put some expense into keeping him upright. I mean, they've always had Anthony Costanzo. Um, they went out and they got Quentin Nelson, which we, you know, over the last couple of months have talked about, raved about him. And then they got my second favorite guard that not a lot of people were talking about to play right guard, Braden Smith. And they've really, with just those two picks alone, really bolstered that line. Um, they've already had... You know, one of the least talked about wide receivers in the game, I think, with T.Y. Hilton, I think is very underrated. Um, they don't yeah, have we... a lot of playmakers, but they do have a guy like Andrew Luck who can make playmakers out of ordinary players, right? Well, <laughs> the major uh, matzo ball in the soup is what is the status of Andrew Luck going to be? Yeah, I would think that at this point in the season, he's probably okay. Um When's he coming interest- back? I, think- I mean, is it is it pretty much assumed he's gonna be ready for opening day, or is it still one of those he'll be eased in, in the middle of the season, or you know, it's it's, it's a weird uh, organization, you know, and just kind of a shit show at the top as well with the Ursays and everything, where mm-hmm. you don't believe anything you hear until you actually see things. Well, I mean, that's certainly true. Um- I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I haven't really followed it that much. I think the real interesting thing is at the beginning of the year, if Andrew Luck is not there, Jacoby Brissett being there, um, and he's he's flashed some. Yeah, he's shown raw ability. We yeah. we we haven't seen. You know, but I mean, it's, again, it's been a whole. Stretcher. It's a it's a whole off season with the playbook and the coaching staff. Because I mean, he moved over to Indianapolis early last year. Yeah. But um, I don't I don't know if I think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. And if no. Andrew Luck, if we're getting to week 15, I, I would think and, that he's not playing at that point for set. Yeah. Um, the thing you going back to those two guards that they drafted, mm-hmm. you know, we're getting into week 15 and 16 and you know, rookies are playing longer, you know, this point in the season, longer than they've had in their entire lives. You know, their effectiveness may not be there to what it was, let's say, week 12 in, in college or something. So you might see a wearing down of the offensive line this late in the season. So you're going to have a nice a nice fast track indoors, most likely be indoors, I'm assuming. Indianapolis in December gets a little brisk, as I can attest to from my stay there last year. I put this one as a giant win in, uh, in Penn. Oh, wow. Okay. One of my few pens I'm going to give them. Yeah. Um, the game, I think they have no business losing. Again, it's, it's still too murky and early for me to tell my crystal ball what you know the status of luck will be then. You know, when is he coming back? If he's coming back, is he going to be the old luck? Is it someone who's going to take a year to get his legs again? 
know, what's this offensive line has to prove to me that they can they can keep them upright. Um, I, I I'm going to go with this one as a win in pen. Wow. I mean, so um, what I was thinking is the only thing is this defense is pretty suspect for Indianapolis. Um, but again, this is one that's on the road in a dome. I, I just, I don't know that a, Eli is one base. here either other than the Super Bowl. Uh, the Super Bowl I was at, which I remember him winning. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, other than that, I don't know that he's one here ever. This could be a fan base that's checked out by week 16. That's also this true. Is, you know, if it's, you know, a four or five win team going into weeks 15, 16, you might see a lot of empty seats or you might see it half full of giant fans. Yeah. Too. And there's not usually a lot of empty seats at giant away games. No, no. So things to kind of consider. So, you know, this could be something where we could see a, you know, a nine, 10 win team. If, if luck is back and is the old luck, then, then, then so be it. But I'm, I'm going to count on that not happening. And I'm going to put this one as a winning pen. How about that? Um, and then we wrap up the season in classic uh, NFL fashion with the Giants and Cowboys. But I love this because this is at home. And I love the late game against Dallas at home. The, the late I, season game. I love it too because the game could be completely meaningless or it could be 100% meaningful. Mm-hmm. So I, you know... That's what happens when we, you know, every year we bitch and moan. The first game's always at Dallas. It's always at Dallas. Well, you know, the the last game is always a, a division team, division game, and you know, I like to have that option of it being meaningless or not, and having it at home and you know, right where we want them. Yeah. The question will it be? Will it be? You know, will their season be over by this point, and they're just playing out the string, and we're playing for something, or you know, can My- they? Yeah, can they be better than we think? We you know, we we had this discussion earlier. We talked about the Cowboys, right? So my take on it is they are at this point in the season a wild card hopeful based on a win and outside factors for this game. That's my my take on this team. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and pen this one as a win. I like the Giants at home late in the season against Dallas, against Dak Prescott with no Des Bryant, no legitimate, you know, number one wide receiver, no tight end whatsoever, um, a suspect defense that somehow managed to get by the last couple of years. I like this one as a win in pen. I think the Giants roll, and I think the Cranky fan and I leave in the middle of the fourth quarter. If we're kicking their ass, we're not leaving till it's over. <laughs> that, that I can guarantee you. Um, he says that now. Just wait till it starts getting cold. Man, if we have our hot chocolates and our Irish coffees, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> I, I, Jesus, I am going to have to timestamp this and everything so I can refer back to it when we do the <laughs> review of this game. If all now, if this game is meaningful and we you know it's you know, we're kicking their ass, we're staying. If this is, you know, two, five, and ten teams. The fourth quarter might be something we hear in the car, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, this could very well be another game like the Washington game where you might see the last coach game of uh, 
their head coach. Yeah, I agree with that. He's a piece of garbage, and why he is the Teflon coach makes no sense to me. Oh, because he's a pushover, and he allows Jerry Jones to keep the spotlight. Yeah, I mean, they are a team, and I've said this time and time again, either on previous episodes or on Twitter or wherever, and just you know, screaming to the masses outside. You have a team of roster for the last eight, nine years, you know, of you have a Ferrari and you have an Uber driver driving them. And you, you can't have that in the NFL. I mean, this isn't baseball. You just let the nine go out there and play the game and you just sit there and make three or four decisions a game. You know, having a team prepared, having, you know, the right schemes offensively and defensively, uh, timeout management, all those different things. And he has shown that he is just a below average coach that would not last in any other team with the quality of talent that they've, they've had over the time. Now, yes, there's no more Des Bryant. Now, you know, Dak Prescott is not Tony Romo as much as we used to make fun of him for being a loser. You know, he is definitely an, an upgrading quarterback over Dak Prescott. Yes. So, you know, if this team again is six and 10, which is very, very possible. You know, this team can go downhill and south really, really, really quickly. And if that's the case, this could very well be his last year. And they may be playing for super nothing, which could be pretty helpful for us if we're fighting for a wild card spot or maybe even fighting with Philly. I'm going to put this one as a win. I'm going to put this one again in that dark pencil, but I'm going to keep it in pencil. Fluky things happen, but more the odds are in my brain is much more likely that they're a team that's in free fall than a team that's fighting for anything. But it is the Cowboys and weird things do happen. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I think that they're sort of – I think they're at maybe 7 and 8 at this point and can potentially get a wild card spot by winning this game, being 8 and 8 and like four other teams losing or something. But really they're pretty much out of it. Yeah, I, I, I think it might be a little worse than that at this point in the season. And I know we have differing opinions of Dak Prescott, where we think he is in the, you know, the pantheon of, of NFL coaches. Um, but well, he's not a very I good like, coach. Uh, of quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, compared to Garrett, he might be a better coach. Wow. So. <laughs> um, but this is a game. They should and better win. Now, I'm not ready to put it in pen because they will, but this would be something that, that, that proved me with this coaching staff and stuff is, you know, even if we're, let's say, seven and nine going into or seven and eight going into this last game, I want to see if this team plays for this coaching staff and just doesn't mail it in. I think they will. Yeah, I think I they will play for him. So if the Cowboys are out of it, I, I would like to see some fight for this team. And I think they will. So I'll put this as a pencil win. So that that ends the season for us, and I have the team ending at ten and six. You have them ending at eleven and five. Outstanding All right. record. All right, so <laughs> that brings us to now. Now that we've kind of done that, we should end this on the, the most obvious question: Do we think this team is an eleven and five, ten and six team? I don't. I think I would be pretty happy with eight and eight, nine and seven. Nine and seven, I'd be pretty pretty damn excited for. 
I think my range of what this team is is very, very, very wide. Yeah, there's there's a gulf between my extremes. I definitely think this team is anywhere from ten and six to five and eleven. I really do, and and neither one would su- completely shock me if that was the case. No, I don't think I would be surprised by either one of those, but I would definitely be much more excited because a lot hinges on things like rookies, like the coaching staff turnover. Um, sure. And if those things just click, it's very easy that it could be an 11-5 and team. But, you know, of course these things have to click, and that's what would make me happy, I guess. Yeah, again, maybe I'm being ultimately optimistic on my assessment of this team, but, you know, again, I did not go into this exercise four weeks ago when we start this with the, okay, how do I back into the 11 and 5 I think they're going to be? It was just really, hmm, playing in Atlanta looks like X. You know, this at home should be a win, you know. So do I think this team's 11 and 5? No. Is it possible? Eh. I just, I just called it out in the, you know, the early and middle parts of June. So I guess it's possible. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that would, I mean, do you think that either one of those records is a playoff team, ten and six, eleven and five? I I would think that they're at least a wild card. I would definitely think so, and I also think it's, it is possible that we could win a division with ten and five. You know, ten, Philly with, had, with ten and six or eleven and five. Ten, ten and six. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, again, we haven't. We said this last week. We talked about earlier this in this episode that we're not ready to anoint Philly as the second coming of, you know, the Patriots just yet. We have to see what their quarterback situation is. We have to see, you know, coming off a Super Bowl team if the disease of me is there with these guys. A lot lot of things to consider. Um, They had an extra month of uh, playing when the rest of the division didn't have that. So what does that mean? Yeah, and the other scenario is that. With my record at ten and six, they could even be tied with Philadelphia, but because I have them only losing one divisional game and them splitting the head to head, it's very likely that they could win on the tiebreaker. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to you know, and, and of course in the NFL, every single year there's one or two teams that are like we never had uh I don't think anybody had the Rams making the playoffs last year at this time last year. No. You know, so there's always those surprise things where we're saying, "Oh, Chicago's a winning pen," and all of a sudden they're eleven and five for some crazy reason. <laughs> it could happen. Sure. So that's that's gonna do it for us next week. In the um, after your Fourth of July week, <clears throat> you'll be hearing us go over a real quick glance at the offense and what we think of it, where the strengths and weaknesses are. Um, and then following that, we'll do the defense the week after that. So I hope you enjoy your 4th of July week and um, don't blow up your hand. <laughs> I promise you I will not be doing that because in, here in Italy, there is no there is a 4th of July. There is no Independence Day, so they yeah. could care less. So I will be just eating mm. more spaghetti. You could be that asshole, though. So just it's reassuring <laughs> to know that you're not. Uh, no. <laughs> um, be sure to follow the Cranky Fans Adventures in Italy and Malta at, at the Cranky Fan on Twitter. Um, you can follow my adventures in New Jersey at, at football <laughs> underscore grump. Um, 
Be sure to download and subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud and follow the show at, at Just Giants Pod. Wow, it's the Godfather versus Clerks. Yeah. How exciting. Hey, New Jersey has a beach too, all right? <laughs> okay, great. It's the Godfather versus Jersey Shore. How exciting. <laughs> yeah, I should have stopped at Clerks. Hey, yeah. I mean they're down they're down in like Monmouth County and Clerks. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh Shoot us a tweet or uh, an email or something. Let us know what you or a, a note on uh, SoundCloud or whatever. Because I'm very curious what you people think about our our 50,000 foot view of the schedule and our predictions. You know, tell us if we're crazy. Tell us if you think we making some sense. You know, tell if we're just sunshine pumpers or just cliff jumpers. I, I don't know what you think. So <laughs> we're we're very curious to know. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually very interested to see if you think that we're nuts, optimistic, down the middle, or, you know, being realistic. So yeah. uh, be sure to reach out to us. We're bored. Yeah, and also our our goal with this, even though these records were a lot better than we thought, we are trying very hard not to be sunshine pumpers. You know, we're going to – Oh, not at all. A very, yeah. a very critical view, hence the name The Cranky Fan. But, uh, you know, our goal is not to – blow smoke up anybody's ass and say this team is better than it actually is. So we will call out this team for sure when we see garbage. Yeah, we're in the business of keeping it real. I mean, I'll I'll always try and um, show you where the optimism should be. And, you know, if this happens, this team can win. I'll always try and show you the angle in which they can win. But I like to keep it real. Um, And I'll, I'll be sure to be as true to myself and my actual thoughts on what this team will do throughout the longevity of this podcast. Keeping it 100, Grump. Love it. (laughs) All right, everyone. Go Giants. Go Giants.